Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How so nice to be back here with you this morning. It's Brenda Shoshana, Dr. Brenda Shoshana, with today's uh, episode of our podcast of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And what else, what else is there but our everyday life? Kind of we think there's something great coming. We're going to get to the peak of the mountains. Or we'll fall in love. We'll make a million dollars. We'll win the lottery. Some lottery. <laughs> some very high point in life is going to come. And our everyday life. Well, that's just humdrum. <laughs> we usually think that. Maybe boring, ordinary usual, everyday life. Okay, I get up, I wash my teeth, brush my teeth, wash my hair, make my coffee, everyday life. From the Zen view, oh no, no such thing as ordinary. We're just looking at it with an ordinary mind. Everyday life, wow, what a treasure, what a gift, what a blessing, what a jewel. So we actually practice to be with the jewel of our lives. And the jewel of our mind, the way we look at things, actually the way we look at things can make them very ordinary, boring, dull, or can make them wonderful, magical, new, delicious. (laughs) It's within us. That's the point of Zen practice. Nothing is humdrum. We become humdrum. We become dumbed down or numb or just blind to where we are in this very moment. Each moment changing, changing. Each moment so different. But we don't really see that. And if we did, it would make things so much easier also because we might be upset in a moment or feel something doesn't feel good. We hurt. We're frightened. But we dwell on it and dwell on it. And when we dwell on it, actually what happens is we keep it stuck. (laughs) We keep that moment right there, 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 there. But if we just take it and see it, then the next moment will simply change. It has to. It's already changing. Actually, my day is already changing because I'm having the great privilege and joy of talking with you, with all of you. And again, thank you for being here today. So the topic for today is a little bit different than what I just started with, but also very, very intimately related. The topic is a quote, one of the foundational quotes from the Buddha himself, which says, Do not look at the faults of others. Look at your own deeds, done and undone. So beautifully put, and such simple, you know, simple, clear directions, so clear-cut. That's why I love them so much. They're clear. They break through the fog. there's There's no hatred in them. There's no judgment in them. There's no anger in them. It, they're clear, like, like a raindrop falling on the window. Boom, boom, you hear the raindrops. You can hear this. You can listen to it. You could be, they wake me up a little bit. Oh, do not look at the faults of others. So interesting. And especially if we're looking at everyday life. Wow. 
seems like maybe 99% of the time for most of us, we're looking at the fault of others what went wrong, how this person displeased me. I mean, if, God forbid, if you look at the news, that's all sometimes you see. That's all. It's such a deterioration into this one did that, this one's horrible, this one's awful, on and on and on. Looking at the faults of others, or maybe even we could say we're creating the faults of others. We're creating it as we see it, so it is for us and maybe for the other person as well. When we see someone as a horrible person, they pick that up and they oblige us and begin to behave like a horrible person. In psychology, that's called projective identification, actually projecting our own inner negativity onto someone else. Now, I'm not saying this so you should be angry with yourself or judge yourself, but clear seeing clear seeing. That's what this is all about. This practice is about seeing what's happening and what we're doing and how we can not do that. And actually by seeing something really clearly, it falls away. We really can't do something again once we really see it for ourselves, if it's something that isn't beneficial. But we don't let ourselves see. You know that wonderful quote from T.S. Eliot, humankind cannot bear very much reality. What a fantastic quote. I come back to that quote for many, many, many years. It struck me from my high school days on, and it strikes me again today, and it strikes me over and over. Just one simple sentence, the simplicity of it, the focus of it. Humankind cannot bear, we can't bear very much reality. T.S. Eliot says. And in part, that's true, of course. It's painful, sometimes painful to look at ourselves, see our own deeds, see our own thought, look at our own wishes. Painful, but also there's a part of us that really wants to see reality very badly. Because when we don't, we really are getting locked into what we could call I didn't make up this phrase, but it's a very beautiful Zen phrase. We get lost in the cave of ignorance, Mm, delusion. Another beautiful, beautiful phrase. We get lost in our projections, in our imagination, in the negative parts of our mind. And that is harmful, not only to others, but to ourselves. Of course, when we're looking at the faults of others, we're really, what we're doing is we're looking at our own faults, just projected out onto someone else. They say, if you don't have that quality within you, you really can't see it in someone else. And now I find that a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating point. If you don't have that quality in you, you cannot see it in someone else just can't see it. You can't relate to it. You can't connect with it. You know, I'll just tell you a very wonderful little story that just pops into my mind right now that's so related to this point. I was very, very close friends and worked with closely a wonderful, wonderful rabbi, Rabbi Joseph Gelberman, for many, 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 many years. Assisted him and did workshops for him and with him and so forth. And he was the founder of Interfaith in this country, one of the founders. 
And he'd gone through tremendous ordeals and pain in his own personal life. And his answer to it was, okay, I'm going to bring everybody, his wish to bring all religions together to create bridges, harmony, discussion. That was, he was committed to a very, what he felt was positive solution to the pain he'd been through. And he was relentless in keeping this vision alive. And naturally, this was many years ago when this was not very popular and it was unusual and it would it was seemed threatening to many people. So I myself saw him receive so much criticism. Oh my goodness. Really hate letters, hate mail, constant people looking at his faults. And I said, how can you bear this? How can you stand this? This is horrible. And he said, oh, he didn't bother him at all, strangely enough, not at all. He said, oh, come on, they all love me. They just don't know it yet. They all love me. They just don't know it yet. That was his response. And it wasn't just a phrase. He really meant it. He just saw the love in all of them beneath this whirl of negativity. And that's because that's who he was. <laughs> feeling love in him for everyone. And and he came from that place, he lived from that place, and that's that's how he saw it. He didn't look at the deeds or the faults of others. He looked at his own deeds, done and undone. Beautiful, beautiful. So, you know, but when we are constantly caught up in looking at what's wrong with someone else or what they did wrong, it's a wonderful escape and avoidance from looking at ourselves and our own deeds, done and undone. It's much easier to blame and judge others for what we refuse to see within. Now, Zen practice suggests that we turn our attention around and just look at our own deeds. Let's look at them. Now, I just want to say something. One of the reasons it's so hard and painful to do that is because we're, we become very guilty. We start to punish ourselves. We become frightened, everything like that. We don't want to see. The beauty of Zen practice is that we take away that part, the judgment, to look. The word look, just look. Don't judge yourself for it. Don't hate yourself for it. Don't condemn yourself. Just look. The looking in and of itself will change everything. So that's a little bit hard to do, but we can look and we can also see how we're judging ourselves and how we're con maybe condemning ourselves in the process. So we can look at that too. <laughs> Just look. That was the word that was used in this quote. Do not look at the faults of others. Look at your own deeds done and undone. Just look at them. We've all done the very best we can up to now, of course. If we could have done otherwise, we would have. So let's just look at our own deeds. And just notice, are they, have they been constructive? Are there many deeds we are wanting to do, planning to do, thinking about doing, but they haven't been done yet? He said, your own deeds done and undone. Undone. Many of us are afraid to start something. Oh, my goodness. Or we'll do it tomorrow, or we'll do it next year, or it's on our list somewhere. And again, Zen practice is very much about 
now and doing even a little bit of the deed, even taking a tiny step now. Actually, that's so helpful, so healthy, so exciting, so healing to take that step now. You know, most of us think of Zen as practice as silent sitting. We sit, 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 we don't move, and we're looking, we're being. And of course, this is fundamental and central. It's the, it's the, it's the ground that we stand on or sit on. It's the ground that we sit on. We sit on the ground and we make our connection with the ground, with the floor, with the cushion, with the ground of our being. We sit to do that. But that's, as the Buddha said, your own deeds here. We're talking about actions. Action. The sitting bursts, hopefully, into very powerful and very beneficial deeds. The act itself of sitting is a great benevolence for sure. It's a wonderful thing to do for ourselves and others pick up this good energy too. And we're balancing ourselves and believe it or not, we are helping and balancing others as well. As we're becoming healed and balanced, we send that vibration out into the world. So before we can jump into helping others and deeds, our own lives, our own mind, our own heart, it's good if it's in harmony which is what the Zen sitting does, creates that sense of harmony. But once we're sitting and sitting, we pop off the cushion, we get up. We're not going to sit there forever. The bell rings, the bell rings, and we get up. We have to get up. We go into action, into our deeds. Actually, that's a very big part of training is to get up when the bell rings, take the next step, walk. If the dishes are clean, are dirty, clean them. If the room has to be dusted, dust it. Then take action. Take the next step. And so when we're talking about here, look at your own deeds, done and undone. Just look at them. And if something is calling out to you to be done, you get up and you begin to do it. Take the next step. You know, one of the difficult parts of going into action is looking at, it looks huge at first. It looks vast. Oh my goodness. How am I going to do all that? Well, you don't have to do all that. Just one step at a time. That's what this practice is really, really also about. Just take the next step. First, you look at your own deeds, done and undone, and then you take the next step. When we're obsessed, and I mean literally obsessed with the faults of others, we cannot take our own next steps. We cannot. We're tied up in a tremendous knot of recrimination, of disappointment. Sometimes our inspiration disappears. Disappears. My God, what kind of a world am I living in? What good will I do if I do this or that? We can, our minds can take us into a very negative place and prevent that all of that prevents us from taking the next step, looking at our own deeds and what needs to be done and what needs to be refrained from. Sometimes we'll see some deeds that we're doing that may not feel so good as we're looking at them. They could be a little sour. Okay that happen, but we also have the power not to continue them when the bell rings and when we get up, you take 
again the next step it could be away a step away from something that you've been doing habitually that hasn't been beneficial a step towards something that has to be done that you want to do that's that that's natural to do and that's good to do beneficial for you and beneficial for others and in this way we very joyously leave what i call the what has been called the cave of ignorance, the cave of blindness, the cave of indecision, and even the cave of hopelessness, because right now, oh my goodness, there is so much hopelessness floating around. We're all longing to have, to feel good, to have hope in ourselves and others and the, in the world that we live in. And by hope, I don't mean hoping hoping blind hope, uh, hoping hoping someday it'll change but by hope i mean respect i mean faith i mean inspiration so again rather than looking at the faults of others don't wait for someone else to give you inspiration that's what this saying is also suggesting take the next step i love that in your own deed that may have still be undone uh, it's coming kind of close to the end of this morning's podcast. I want to give you a couple of exercises, as I usually do, just to integrate the material. And, and it's very obvious. I mean, the, the exercises are embedded right within the talk. Just take a look. Stop. If you notice yourself blaming someone, judging them, looking for their faults, just stop it. Just, just do it. Just do it for today. Do it for tomorrow. Just notice yourself doing that and stop it. And instead, look at your own deeds, done and undone. What is this distracting you from? What is this blaming and focusing on others holding you back from? What kind of game is that playing with you? And then the next part of the exercise is, is your own deeds. You could even write it down, done and undone. What is it? that's undone or done that I might not wish to continue what's undone that I really want to take that next step into very beautiful beautiful exercise very simple but very powerful you know there's a wonderful quote I have to end with a quote a little quote and I'll give a whole podcast on this quote I was, it came to me this morning during Zazen it's a wonderful quote from my first teacher, Soen Roshi, who I love so much. And um, the quote is, though he, uh, anyway, someone, he, it, the quote isn't originally from Soen, but he loved the quote very much as well, is what I really meant to say. And the quote is, coming from nowhere, I ring the bell. <laughs> Going to nowhere, I ring the bell. Wow. We'll talk more about that later. So for now, you can hear all the podcasts on zenwisdomtoday.com. If you want to write to me, please do at topspeaker at yahoo.com. Um, on Wednesday, March 20th, I will be in Manhasset in the evening at 7.30 at the Unitarian Church with a wonderful Zen group, um, the Inesvada Zen, who I love them so much, and I'll be offering a talk and some interaction. And then on March... 31st, I'll be back in Rockville Center at Malloy College with the same, that's at 8.30 in the morning until 10 o'clock, that's in Rockville Center. 
So um, just be in touch if you want to. And thank you so much once again for taking your time to listen in today. And, and very soon I will have more material for you available and I'll tell you all about what it will be. For now, you just have a beautiful, beautiful day and take the next step. Bye-bye. <laughs>